Hello. Thank you for listening to the Avenue GCLC podcast. My name is Christopher Stevens, and I'm the minister at the Avenue G Church of Christ, where we are people of more. We hope that you enjoy and have enjoyed listening to this podcast, where you can find sermons, congregational singing, and talk shows with myself and youth minister Joshua Williams. We pray that the content is a blessing to you, and we hope that everyone listening can join us in person for worship and Bible class. We are located at 601 West Avenue G, Temple, Texas, 76504. And don't forget to visit us online at avegcoc.org. From the people of Moore to you, thank you and God bless. is bubbling over in my heart and I hope and pray that you too have that same type of love bubbling over I hope your cup is just running over overflowing and overfilling with love for none other than God himself for all of the things that he has done for you amen um, uh, last week we uh, were in the book of Jonah and we've been doing this series or brother Chris has been doing this series uh, from the book of Jonah, uh, the first series uh, lesson title was In Too Deep, uh, and the series itself is titled Little Fires Everywhere. Uh, and last uh, Sunday, uh, we talked about uh, from Jonah chapter 2. And, and this week, we want to invite your attention to Jonah chapter 3. Uh, and I'm thankful for the opportunity to uh, be able to stand before you and present a word from God. Uh, and it is my hope that you uh, dive into this lesson and, and try to look beyond the mere surface of of uh, chapter 3. Uh, if you will, if you have your Bibles, and I hope that you do even at home, uh, turn with me to the book of Jonah chapter 3. The book of Jonah chapter 3. The book of Jonah chapter 3. We'll read it in its entirety in verse number 1 through verse number 10. The Bible says, then the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time. Somebody say second time. Second time. Y'all right in here. Y'all text in there second time. Say in arise, go. Say arise. Arise. Go. Go. Go to Nineveh, that great city, and preach and call out against it the message I tell you. So Jonah rose and went to Nineveh, according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was an exceedingly great city. Somebody say great city. city. Y'all type in there, great city. Three days journey in breadth. The Bible says Jonah began to go into the city, going a day's journey. And he called out, yet 40 days, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. And the people of Nineveh believed God. They called for a fast and put on a sackcloth from the greatest of them to the least of them. The Bible says the word reached the king of Nineveh, and he arose from his throne 
removed his robe, covered himself with sackcloth, and sat in ashes. And he issued a proclamation and published through Nineveh. By the decree of the king and his nobles, let neither man nor beast, herd nor flock, taste anything. Let them not feed or drink water. But let man and beast be covered with sackcloth, and let them call out mightily to God. Let everyone turn from his evil way, from the violence that is in his hands. Who knows? God may turn and relent and turn from his fierce anger so that we may not perish. When God saw that they, what they did, how they turned from their evil way, God relented of the disaster that he had said he would do to them. And he did not do it. I'd like for you to think with me today on the subject. Let's try this again. Let's try this again. We read about in Jonah chapter 1 how Jonah was given the task to go down to Nineveh. Yet Jonah decided he would do his own thing. He went to Joppa, got in a boat, and tried to go to Tarshish. Nevertheless, that plan did not work out uh, like Jonah hoped that it would. He was caught up in the storm, and he had to be thrown off of that boat. And, and in Jonah chapter 2, we read about Jonah being inside of the belly of the fish and how he prayed unto the Lord. And he cried out to the Lord while inside of the belly of the fish. And God gave Jonah another opportunity. We read about Jonah chapter 2, verse number 10. The Bible says, and the Lord spake to the fish. And he vomited out Jonah upon the dry land. God is now coming to Jonah in chapter 3. A second time, the Bible says at verse number one, then the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time. Here's what I see, and I hope that you see things on above or a little bit below just the surface of this text. When we read about this text, and a lot of times when I've, I've studied this text, I've only seen the fact that Jonah was given uh, another opportunity after he was vomited out of the belly of the fish. He has to now go and go ahead and do what God told him to go do. And he does it. And this is what Nineveh did. And this is what God did. On the surface, reading this text, that's what you see. So I want you again to go beyond the surface uh, just a little bit with me as we try to see what God has to say to us throughout this word in the book of Jonah, chapter 3. The word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. What I see here is that God has given Jonah the blessing of forgiveness. The blessing of forgiveness. He presents this blessing of forgiveness in the form of what we call a second chance and i'm here to tell you that we all ought to be glad that god is a just god we ought to be glad that god is a forgiving god and we ought to be glad that god is a god of second chances 
God has given us so many opportunities to have a second chance. We have had so many types of second chances, amen, that we don't even deserve. A second chance is an opportunity that God gives us to fulfill his purpose. We are able to show God our thankfulness and our humility for his second chances. And we're able to do that simply through being obedient to his word. However, the question that we need to ask ourselves is this. What are we doing with our second chance? What are you doing with the second chance that God has given you? Are we able to clean up the messes that we mess up? Are we using our second chances to put out those little fires that we started? Are we able to be more effective with our worship? Oh, somebody ought to shout right there. And your second chance, when we get back into this building to worship God together, how will your worship look on this morning? How will your worship look when we get our second chance to come back together, to worship God in spirit and in truth together in this building? Amen. How effective will you be in your ministry to God? How effective will you be in your service to God to the world? How effective will you be in your service to the work of the gospel of Jesus Christ? What are you doing with your second chances that God has given you? Not only was was God prepared to give Jonah a second chance, he was prepared to give Nineveh a second chance also. We read about verse number two. The Bible tells us in Jonah chapter three. In verse number two, and we look at here and we see, are you ready to go now? Ask yourself, are you ready to go now? Type in there, are you ready to go now? The Bible says, in Jonah chapter three, verse number two, the Bible says what? Arise. Arise. Go to Nineveh. Arise. Arise. And do what? First word after that? Go. Arise. Go. Go. To Nineveh. God is saying here, let's try this again. Arise. Go. I've given you a second chance. I I, I heard you while you was in the belly of the fish. I'm giving you another opportunity. I I, I protected you while you was in the belly of the fish. Because I still need to use you, Jonah. I still need you to arise and go. I don't want you to go back home. I need you to go to Nineveh. He says, Let's try this again. Arise. You're on dry land now. Arise. Go to Nineveh. I don't know where Jonah was when he was running out of the fish. Know exactly how close he was to Nineveh at the time. But God tells Jonah, I still need you to go to Nineveh, that great city. He says, and call out against it. Why, why is Nineveh so important to God? Uh, in essence, as God is telling Jonah, I'm giving you a second chance, it is important for me, for you to understand that I also want to give Nineveh a second chance. And Jonah knew this. Jonah had no pleasure in God wanting to give Nineveh a second chance, but he's telling Nineveh, let's try this again. He's telling Jonah, let's try this again. 
I noticed in chapter 1 that the Bible calls Nineveh that great city. And here again in chapter 3, verse number 2 and verse number 3, he calls it that great city Yes, again, yet again. And he says what to Jonah in the rest of this verse, number 2? He says do what? Uh, arise. Arise. Go to Nineveh. Go to Nineveh. That great city. That great city. And call out against. Here's what I need you to do when you get there. Call I need you to call out against 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 it in against the, it in the message that I tell you. And I'm going to tell you what to say. Mm-hmm. So, so jo- when God finally gets your attention, here's what I need you to do. I need you to decide if you're ready to listen. When God spits you up out of that the situation that you call Him to get you out of. When God finally sets your feet out of wet water onto dry land, when God finally gets your attention, will you decide that you're ready to go now? Will you listen to what he has to say? When he spits you up and puts you on dry ground, he ain't going to send you out here with a message that you have to come up on your own. God says, go to Nineveh. Call out against it. I'm going to tell you exactly what you need to say when it's time for you to get up and go god's gonna point you in the right direction and he's gonna tell you just what to say the bible says what at verse number three the bible says what so jonah so jonah find the side i'm gonna listen to god this time he arose and went into Nineveh. and where did he he, he, where did he go to Nineveh. he went to Nineveh. Nineveh. he arose he got up he arose now Jonah is about to do something. Jonah is about to be a blessing to this city. Are you ready to be a blessing? Are you ready to be a blessing? When God is able to use you, when you finally decide it's time for me to sit down and listen to what God has to say, and not only am I going to sit down and listen to what God has to say, I'm going to be ready to react to what God has to say. Are you ready to be somebody's blessing out there this morning? Are you ready to get up and go and be somebody's blessing on this morning? The verse says at verse number three, the Bible says, so Jonah rose, he went to Nineveh. According to the word, according of the Lord. to the word of the, of the Lord. Lord, read on. Now Nineveh was an exceedingly great city. Now the Bible again here calls Nineveh a great city, and later on we find out in Jonah uh, chapter four we find out the population of that city. So not only was God saying that the Bible saying that this city was great in number, but Nineveh was a city who held high regard to God. Nineveh was an Assyrian people who uh, God used at one point in time for his purposes to get his kids' attention, the children of Israel. Turn with me, if you will, to the book of 2 Kings. The Bible says in 2 Kings uh, chapter 17, that should be on there, 2 Kings chapter 17, verse number 6 and verse number 7. What does the Bible say there? In the ninth year uh-huh. of Hosea. In the ninth year of Hosea, read. The king of Assyria uh-huh. captured Samaria. Uh-huh, read. And he carried the Israelites away All to right. Assyria. So we have the king of Assyria. He captured Samaria, and he carried the Israelites away, read. To Assyria. To Assyria. And placed them in Hela. Hela. Uh-huh, read. And on the harbor, uh-huh. harbor read. the river of Gozan. Uh-huh. And in the city of Media. Uh-huh, read verse number seven. The Bible says. 
And this occurred because so, the people of Israel because the people of Israel had sinned against sinned the Lord against the Lord their, their God, God. uh-huh who had who had brought them up out of, of the, the land. land of Egypt uh-huh from under the hand of Pharaoh king of Egypt uh-huh and had feared other, other gods. gods so for that be- disobedience God allowed them to be captured in chapter 17 of second kings even again in chapter 18, 2 Kings chapter 18, at verse number 11 and 12, the Bible says the king of Assyria carried away Israelites away to Assyria. This is under the watch of King Hezekiah at the time. The Bible says that they carried away more, more Israelites to Assyria. And he put them also in Halah and on the harbor and on the river of Gozan and in the city of the Medes. Why? Because what? Because they did not obey the voice of of the Lord their God, but transgressed his covenant, even all that Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded, they neither listened nor obeyed. So God used the Assyrian people as his rod of anger. We read about that in the book of Isaiah, chapter 10, and verse number uh, verse number five. But God uses them as his rod of anger. But not only did he use the Assyrian people as his rod of anger to oppress his people, to punish his people, right? The Bible says here, verse number five or six, Ah, Assyria, the rod of my anger, the club in their hands is my fury. The Bible says in verse number six, against a godless nation, I send him, and against the people of my wrath, I command him to take the spoil and to seize plunder and to tread them down like the mirror of the streets. Not only did God use the the Assyrian people to to, to be rod of his anger, but God also protected his people from the Assyrian people. And we read about that in the book of Isaiah chapter 37, verse number 36, where the Bible says, And the angel of the Lord went out and struck down 185,000 in the camp of the Assyrians. And when the people rose early in the morning, behold, these were all dead bodies. So Nineveh was a part of this great city and this great empire of the Assyrian people. And they were just growing and growing, not only in in number, but in in power. They were conquering many different things. But we find out in chapter 1 that their evil has come up before the Lord. So we read on here as Jonah proceeds to enter into the city. Go back to Jonah chapter 3, verse number 3. As he proceeds to enter into the city of Nineveh, three days journey in the breath. Now, this three-day journey uh, is very likely to have included the other regions that were around. Uh, and it covered so many different miles. And Nineveh was a place that Jonah called populous. Jonah called this place wicked. And Jonah also calls this place great. And Nahum describes Nineveh as a place that is full of witchcraft. Full of lies and robbery, idolatrous and vile, yet they were also strong people. However, Jonah proceeds. And the Bible tells us in Jonah chapter 3, verse number 4, the Bible says, And Jonah began to enter into the city a day's Mm -hmm. journey. My question to you is, 
How long will it take you? How long will it take you? As Jonah begins on day one, Jonah reaching Nineveh, he goes as far into the city as the Bible describes as a day's journey would have allowed him. The Bible says that Jonah presents the content of his message. Read that verse number three, verse number four for me. The Bible says what? And Jonah began to enter into the city a day's journey. And he cried. He called out. What did he say? Yet 40 days. Yet 40 days. And then of us shall be overthrown. The Bible says yet 40 days. We see the content of the message that God wanted Jonah to deliver to the people of Nineveh. Now, I I can even see the prelude to ask to why Jonah would have been getting upset. He's thinking, God, these people are evil. God, these people are wicked. God, whatever you wanted to do to these people, I was trying to get as far away from it as I could. God, these people are evil and you about to give them 40 days? 40 days to get things right? 40 days and, and 40 nights did, did Noah and his family stay in the ark? 40 days and 40 nights did Jesus fast? 40 days was Moses on the mountain with God. God, 40 days is just too much time. Don't wait 40 days, God. But the Bible says something special happened. In verse number five. The Bible says something special happened in verse number five. What happened? And then the people of Nineveh the believed God. Of Nineveh. Believe God. They didn't believe Jonah. Mm-hmm. I'm glad the writer didn't say that the people of Nineveh believe Jonah. When it's your turn to speak on God's behalf, don't try to convince folks to believe you. Instead, let the message of God speak for itself. The message of God is enough for folks to believe God. Don't worry about people trying to believe you. You don't teach people the gospel of Christ and ask them to believe what you say. The word of God is enough to convince folks to believe God. Even now, as I speak, don't believe me. Believe God. People of God, we've been left with instructions in God's word. If you ever read or heard about God, I'm sure you've been introduced to his love. I'm sure you've been introduced to his grace. And and I'm I'm sure you heard of this thing called mercy. And, And I'm sure that you heard of his anger too. So don't believe the words of man. You can believe not only the words of God. You can believe God. Do you believe God this morning? Do you believe God this morning? God is ready to deliver somebody out of a dangerous situation. God is ready to, 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 to hold you in his arms again. God is extending his hand and he's telling you, I'm ready to forgive you. Do you believe God for what he can do for you? I believe God on this morning. And not only do I see the people saying they believe God, they hear the message that Jonah has to proclaim. And they decide they're going to act on it. The 
The Bible says what? At verse number five, the Bible says again that the people of Nineveh believe God. They believe God. Not only did they believe God, they call fat. Ca- they they call, call for a fast. They and call put on sackcloth. They call for a fast and put on and sackcloth. put on the sackcloth. Now I was going to put on the sackcloth this morning, but somebody told me not to do that. <laughs> they called for a fast and put on sackcloth. And, and they put on a sackcloth from the greatest of, of them, them uh-huh. to the least of them. We, we, we first see this example of the use of a sackcloth in the book of Genesis. When, when Jacob mourned the loss of his son, Joseph, uh, the wearing of a sackcloth was, was not something that, it, that God commanded to do in Scripture that we read about. However, the, the, the changing uh, of the clothes presented uh, something that will be able to humble you. Right. You're able to humiliate yourself for the things that you have done. But when we look at proclaiming a fast, we also got to look at and understand what they did when they fast. So in essence, when they fast, they were giving up something that was pleasing to them. They were trying to rid themselves of the sin that they were they had committed. So this was none of us attempt at repentance. It started with them ridding themselves of those sinful and wicked acts. So you have to ask yourself this question also. Uh, uh, what, what do you need to get rid of? What do you need to get rid of in your life? What do you need to get rid of? Because a lot of us need to fast. A lot of us need to fast. A lot of us need to fast. You know why we need to fast? Because we need help. We need help, ladies and gentlemen. We need help to do what? We need help to fight against sin and temptation. We need to fast. We need, we need to fast. We need help. We need God's help to fight against sin and temptation. The only way you can do that, you got to continue to seek God. You got to believe God for what you know he can do for you. So as we continue, the Bible says here that they put on a sackcloth. And, and to wear a sackcloth was to also embody the notion that one was so sorrowful and distress in their mourning. So here's what I see. We see Jonah entering into the city. And as he gets to the city on day one, people begin to believe him as soon as he presents the message. They believe God as soon. They didn't believe Jonah. They believe God. So that means to tell me they know who God was. They knew the power of God. They know that God... When he says he's going to do something, he will do it. They didn't know exactly what was going to happen to them because John only said they were going to be overthrown. But they believed God. They proclaimed the fast and they put on the sackcloth from the greatest of them even to the least of them. Read what the Bible says at verse number six. What does the Bible say at verse number six? The Bible says what? The word reached the, the king. The word of even Nineveh. reached the king. And he arose from his throne. From top to bottom. Mm-hmm. Removed the word his reached the king. Mm-hmm. And Jonah here gets a little help from the king. The Bible says the word reached the, reached king, the king of Nineveh. And the king decided, I need to act upon this thing as well. Mm-hmm. I'm going to come down from my throne. And remove this I need robe. to take this robe off because I look too good in this robe. I, I, I need to take this 
robe off. It feels too good in this robe. I need to take this robe off because it's making me feel so special. I need to take this robe off and I need to come down off of my high horse. I need to come down from my throne because me sitting on this throne makes me look like I'm more special than I need to be in the eyes of God. You will never be too high. To where God won't put you in a situation to where he can't bring you down. God can cause a drastic change in your life to you will literally have no other choice but to put on a sackcloth. Amen. God is able to knock you down off of your throne. He can, he, he, he's able to take those fancy clothes off of you. He, 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 he's able to, to knock you down so far you won't be wearing no fancy shoes. You won't have no choice but to put on some sandals. God can knock you down off of your throne. The Bible says the word reached the king. The king decided I need to act on this. Rightfully so. He arose from his throne, took off his robe, and did what? Covered himself with sackcloth. He, he decided I, I, need to, I need to lead by example. I need to lead by example. Great job, king. Kudos for that. Covered himself with sackcloth. And sat in ash. he sat in ashes. Jonah got a little help from the king. Verse number seven, what does the Bible say? From top to bottom, verse, verse number seven, what does the Bible say? Then he had procl- 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 proclamation, all right? This is the king. The king, he's making a proclamation or a decree, all right? Then he made a then proclamation. Then he had a proclamation been made in uh-huh. Nineveh. Nineveh, all right? And this is what he said. This is part of the, the proclamation. He says what? By the decree of the king and his By the decree nobles, of the king and his nobles. nobles no human being or animal, uh-huh. no herd or flock, uh-huh. shall taste anything. Uh-huh. Read. They shall not feed, don't nor feed shall them. they drink water. And don't let them drink water. Jonah only goes a day's journey out of, out of what would have taken a three days journey, as the Bible says. But he didn't need to go all three days, right? Now, the Bible indicates that going throughout the city of Nineveh probably would have taken three days, right? But the Bible didn't say that God instructed him to go and, and, and be there, go throughout the city for three days, right? So let's not see that and make the mistake of saying that God told him to go for three days, all right? Now, Jonah planted the seed, and the king caused the increase. Jonah planted the seed. Of the message, and the king caused the message to grow. Y'all, y'all hear the message in that? Jonah planted the seed of the message, and the king caused the message to grow. Not only did the king's decree cause the message to grow, but the king laid out the proper way to respond. He said, here's what I need you to do. I need you to not feed your beasts. Don't feed your, your flock, your herd. Don't, not, not only not to feed them physical food, but don't even give them water to drink. He said, don't even give them water to drink. Jonah had no idea as to just how big of a fire he really just started here. Because when I look at this text, I'm reminded of a king. I'm reminded of a God who 
sits high. And I'm reminded of how that God sent his messenger in the form of his son. And his son came down here to earth and he walked among us. And not only did he walk among us, but he taught us so much about the love of his father. He gave us a message from his father and he told us the proper way to respond to the message of his father. His father's will is that all men be saved and you can only be saved through me. Nobody comes to the father except they go through Christ. I'm reminded of how Christ laid out the foundation of the message from his father. And I'm reminded of how Christ caused that message to grow. Ladies and gentlemen, all we have to do is plant the seed. God will give the increase. Plant the seed of the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. God will allow that message to grow. Verse number 8, the Bible says, But let man be covered, let man and beast, human beings and animals, shall be covered with sackcloth. Covered him with sackcloth tooth, right? And they shall cry mightily. To God. Now, I don't know about you. I, 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 I've never heard uh, a hungry cow moo. Uh, I, I don't know what other kind of cattle that they had out there, but I, I've never heard a hungry goat. Uh, I never heard a, a hungry sheep by, uh, but, I, but I can imagine the, the, the noise that would have caused just simply by the animals being starved. Uh, the animals had no food. The animals having nothing to drink. I, I, I can imagine the anger of these animals. Yes. Feed me. Yes. It ain't my fault what you're doing is wrong. I'm just here. Now I got to suffer with you. Feed me. But instead, the king said, don't feed them. Don't even give them nothing to drink. And I even need them to be covered. With sackcloth. Because I need this cry out to God to be mighty. I need God to hear us. I need God to hear not only me, not only us humans, but I need God to hear our animals as well. And the Bible says, and shall, not only are you going to put on the sackcloth, not only are you not going to feed them and put on the sackcloth, you're going to turn from your evil ways. There's the key right there. Because doing all of that without repenting, without truly turning from your evil ways, means absolutely nothing. You can come to church each and every Sunday. You can read your Bible each and every day. You can pray to God each and every day, each and every chance you get, multiple times throughout the day. But if you do not change from your evil way, it is all for nothing. The king said, turn from your evil ways and from the violence that is in your hands. You got to change, ladies and gentlemen. You got to change. The respect for God was so great. The fear of the Lord was so great that they needed help from the animals. The king figured to get a louder plea, a much more greater cry for mercy that he needed to involve the animals. So, ladies and gentlemen, I'm asking you today, who are you asking for help? Who are you asking to help you cry out to God? Who are you asking? Who's in your circle? Who's around you that you can get to ask to help you cry out to God on your behalf? Who are you asking to help you cry out to God? And then the Bible says in verse number nine, he says two words that are important. Who knows? Ladies and gentlemen, who knows? 
who knows what God is getting ready to do in your life. You don't know what God is getting ready to do in your life, but now is the opportunity to start preparing for your second chance. Amen. You got to start preparing for your second second chance because you don't know what God is preparing to do for you. You know what he's done for you in the past. Get ready for the blessing in the future. Who knows? The Bible says in verse number nine, who knows? God may relent and change his mind. His mind. He, he may, may turn. turn. Uh-huh, read. He may turn from his fierce anger. Turn from his fierce anger. So that we could so, so that, we, that do, we do not perish. Do not perish. Jonah didn't specifically preach a message of repentance. His only words were that we know that he spoke was 40 days, and Nineveh will be overthrown. He never tells them that they needed to change. He, he never specifically told them what they even needed to do to receive God's grace and his mercy. In fact, Jonah truly didn't want these people to repent. Nevertheless, when you hear of a God who parted the Red Sea, when you hear of a God who can destroy you at the sound of his voice, when you hear of a God who can bless you like nobody else can bless you. When you know of a God that is so much more greater than the gods that you serve right now. You can't help but to believe him. And you can't help but to change from your evil ways. And ask the question, who knows? God just may relent and save me from this dangerous path that I'm headed down. Ladies and gentlemen, somebody right now. Is headed down a wayward path. Somebody right now is on troubled ground. Somebody right now is stuck in some quicksand and have no earthly idea of how they're going to get themselves out of the situation that they put themselves in. Somebody right now is, 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 is sad. Somebody right now is going through a different type of struggle. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm here to tell you that God is more than able to save you from that and even when you put yourself in dangerous situations of sin don't stay there god is able to grab you by the hand and pull you out of that sinful nature the bible says at verse number 10 that god did something special god when god saw, saw what stop right there god saw god saw god saw what did he see what they did. He, he saw what they did. That means to tell me, I'm thinking here and imagine, I'm imagining here, God was, was, was waiting. I don't know how much time has passed. I, I don't know how much time into the 40 days has passed when God came down. But the Bible says he saw what they did. Mm-hmm. Meaning he possibly came down, right, and looked and see what they were doing. It is possible I don't know. God was probably com- coming down to see if it's time for him to judge Nineveh, to do what he said he was going to do. But the Bible says when he saw what they did and how, how they turned from their evil when ways. When he saw how they turned from their evil ways, God changed his he mind. He changed his mind about the calamity. Uh-huh. Read. That he had said mm-hmm. he would bring upon them. And he did what? And he did not do. He did do not it. do it. God relented. God is a just 
and merciful God. God is a God who is more than able and more than willing to give you a second chance. Thank God for sending his son, Jesus Christ, who is our second chance at making it to heaven. He sent down his son, Jesus Christ, and his son, Jesus Christ, hung, bled, and died on Calvary's cross. He conquered the grave. He, he conquered death so that one day you and I, when we die, we don't have to stay physically dead. We can rise up, meet him in the sky, and go on to heaven, go on to glory, and be with God. What are you doing with your second chance, ladies and gentlemen? God has awakened you on this morning. He has awakened you to say, let's try this again. I'm so glad that God woke me up this morning and said, Josh, let's try this again. I, I don't know how many times he had to do it, but I'm glad that, that he didn't stop doing it. And I'm so glad that he did it today. Let's try this again. Tomorrow is not guaranteed. So if you need to try this again today, now is the opportunity Amen. to try this thing again. Try building that relationship back up with God more stronger. Try building your love up for God more stronger. Try building a prayer life with God and make it more stronger. Try building your worship to God and make it more effective. Try building your relationship with people. Try building up your relationship and your understanding and your knowledge of the word of God. Try building up your confidence in God and knowing how to teach the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's our job. We got to have more confidence. We got to know. We got to get up and try this thing again. Right. When you fall, you will fall. You have fallen. Get up and let's try this again. I'm here to encourage you if you need prayers, if you need to be uh, baptized, if anyone needs to be baptized, God has woke you up this morning. And he has given you the opportunity to try this again as well. Perhaps you have heard this word before and you did not act on it immediately like these people in Nineveh did. Now was your opportunity to act upon God's word. God is telling you also, let's try this again. It's no mistake that you are watching. It's no mistake that you have been introduced to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Even if this is your second time. He's saying, let's try this again. He tried to get your attention the first time. We didn't act on it. Now is the time to get this thing right. Let's try this again. I invite you to come to solicit your prayer request uh, while we're singing, and, and I will see it, and we will pray for you. Let us sing the song of invitation. Living below in this so sinful world. Hardly a comfort can afford. We'll striving alone to face temptation. So